My fellow Americans, are you tired of the new normal? Are you tired of the lies? Election fraud. You know the thing that the mainstream media and big tech says doesn't exist? It is time to end it. We must keep going. If you can't fly, run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. But by all means, keep moving. Many of you are sitting here because you're wanting to know what the plan is. This has to be peaceful. We have the right to peacefully assemble. The solution has been in front of us all along. Ask God if you should step into the gap and become a part of the plan. The plan is simple. And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. We are the plan. If you're waiting for others to do the work for you, you're going to be waiting a long time. We are Conservative Daily. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Oltman. Uh, you know, we, we have a bunch of stuff that I want to go through, but I want to give a shout out to Alex who gave me his truth social hat. I took it off his head. <laughs> Actually, he took it off his head and gave it to me at the summit on Saturday. I, was sh- I should have worn it on Sunday, but when I saw him on Sunday, he had a gray one. I wanted his gray one too, <laughs> but I didn't take his gray one. I did get his blue one. So we're going to rep uh, Truth Social. If you're not on Truth Social yet, a couple of big announcements that I think need to be said. One, Truth Social is going to be on Android. That launch should happen here shortly. I think, I, I think I'm safe to say that that will launch by the end of um, September. Okay? So I think it's before that. But just to give you a little bit of hope, it will probably be before then, but you can rest assured that it is going through the final stages of getting approved so they will have the Android app as well. The other thing that I want you to know is that they've got a couple of other things that they're going to be doing on True Social. So get an account. You can actually go and use a browser in order to get access to True Social. So even if you have an Android device, you can build an app button that actually just goes and creates a browser and lets you into the app. So uh, consider doing that as well. You can just Google it. Uh, okay, don't Google it. You can duck, duck. Can't duck, duck, brave it. it either. Brave it. You can brave it. Uh, but they use an underlying g- Google. Th- I'm stuck. All right, we can use Yandex, right? It's Russian. Yeah, Yandex. Oh, that would really go over really well. I mean, then they would really just solidify the fact that they think that somewhere along the line, I'm, I'm, I'm Russian. That doesn't speak Russian. All right. So we've got a couple of things we're going to go over today. We're going to talk a little bit about what's happening in Ukraine and Russia. Uh, but but here's a story that I wanted to bring you, and we have a guest, Kevin Elman. It is in the studio. He is the uh, he is a lawyer here in Colorado, and um, but let me let me just tell you a little bit about this case before we bring him on. One, he represents um, one of the Douglas County School Board members who was accused of perjuring herself, Christy Williams, and I'm going to let him say talk a little bit about this, but. This is what th- this is the thing that bothers me the most about the radical left is that they create this lawfare, they push people to a place, and, and I want you to guys to know something else: school board members are not paid; they're volunteers. So we're going to walk through that. We have Kevin in the studio with us. Um, let's go ahead and bring him on. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. 
How many times have you been on a podcast, Kevin? Uh, this would be number one. <laughs> Tell everyone a little bit about yourself. I am uh, an attorney here in, in Colorado. I'm a criminal defense attorney, um, former prosecutor for several years in the 18th Judicial District. Um, and I've been uh, working as a criminal defense attorney since I left the DA's office back in uh, at the end of 2006. Back of 2006? Right. Well, that goes back a little ways. It does. So you were a prosecutor under... Um, Jim Peters, yeah. uh, and then Carol Chambers for a, a brief period of time. Yeah, mm. Carol Chambers. Mm. I won't say anything about that. Neither will you. Okay, <laughs> sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I have a saying, if I don't have anything nice to say, I'm not going to say it at all, and I'm not going to ask your opinion of that one, because <laughs> that is a hole we don't want to go down. Well, tell us about this case and, and what led you. You know, there's a school board member that you're, you represented. Yeah, I represent Christy Williams, and, and I didn't know Miss Williams before any of this happened. Um, but the, the background is basically that uh, a newly elected conservative slate of, of school board members in Douglas County got elected. And part of the mandate, I guess, for lack of a better word, of, of what they were elected to do was to reshift the focus of the Douglas County school system, which had kind of been going down a, a, a direction that the majority uh, by the results of the election, uh, the majority of, of Douglas County residents didn't want them going down. And uh, so as part of that, uh, when this newly elected board got in, they looked at what they needed to do to reshape the direction of the school board. And part of that was, was ultimately deciding that the uh, superintendent uh, was not doing the job that they wanted him to do. Uh, and so they started making plans for life after Corey Weiss, who was the, the superintendent at the time. And there's a, another gentleman who uh, is integral in this story. His name is Robert Marshall, who even before this whole school board thing happened, he had started turning to the, the courts to, I guess, enforce his agenda, uh, filing lawsuits against the, or, or being responsible for the filing of lawsuits against the newly formed Douglas County Board of Health, things of that nature. But once the new school board came into play and they went a different direction for Corey Weiss, he was very upset about the way that happened and filed a lawsuit alleging that the board had violated open meetings laws in the manner in which they uh, came to the decision to let him go and, and how, they, how the four conservative members got together supposedly to do that. And so there was a, a lawsuit filed by him uh, about that issue, the open meetings laws. And he, during the course of that lawsuit, uh, my client, Christy Williams and, and Mike Peterson were called to testify. And they testified about the process that they went through about a meeting that they had with Corey Weiss at a coffee shop before they made any ultimate decisions, uh, giving him some options, things of that nature. And ultimately, during the course of, of their work as school board members, they ultimately had a vote and decided to move on from Corey Weiss. So, so I want to, before you put, take, put this up, Mr. Producer, I want to I want to point something out. So the school board, Douglas County is a predominantly conservative environment, correct? Absolutely. Okay. So the Douglas County School, school Board had, a, been, had elected people because it's a nonpartisan school board. In other words, you don't run as a Republican or a Democrat. But they ran under a slate of, of taking care of children, and that slate, pri prior to this school board, that slate of, of board members 
radicalized, I mean, I'll call it what it is, you don't have to say it, I'll say it, radicalized the, the agendas inside of the school district in a conservative environment, to, and, and just tell me if I'm wrong, gender fluidity was introduced. I don't think you're wrong. CRT, critical race theory, was introduced. I think there's certainly some concerns about that. Pride flags were being put up in the classrooms. That was a concern. Education standards dropped. I mean, in other words, the testing scores dropped in, prior to COVID dropped in Douglas County precipitously. Right. Performance was dropping, yes. Right. So these aren't things that Douglas County signed up for. It was, it was degrading the school, which has been well known that the Douglas County School District by itself had one of the highest standards of education in the entire state. Would that be accurate? Well, I'm a Douglas County resident and have been for a very long time, and, and I would say that that's selling it short. I think Douglas County schools were recognized as some of the best in the country. Absolutely. And, and I'm a Douglas County resident, or I was. I'm actually, I live in Texas technically now, but I, have, I still, I'm in, it's a long story. <laughs> but, so this new school board came in because they recognized that all of a sudden their eyes were open and they're seeing that the agendas that were happening, by the way, covertly. They were telling students not to tell their parents. These things were being institutionalized inside of the schools. And so this new slate of school board members that came in, the reason why they were elected is because the parents spoke and said, look, we don't want that in our school district. I think there was a, a definite concern about the direction that the schools had been taking. And, you know, speaking for myself as a parent and a voter, um, you know, I wanted the focus to be back on education, um, you know, the, the core fundamentals of, of education that we're expecting our kids to get in schools. Math, science, English, history, civics, sports, camaraderie, building unity amongst people regardless of race, religion. I find Douglas County to be one of the most, uh, I don't know, collectively inclusive environments anyway. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. So let's 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 take a look at this this Marshall guy. So this is an opinion piece. It was I want to go through timelines if I can just a little bit. So this is an opinion piece written by this Robert Marshall, and it's an opinion piece that was in the Colorado Sun, which is a left leaning organization, news organization. Left left leaning is probably being nice. Um, and and by the way, I'm not asking you to be politically affiliated in this conversation. This is you represented a client who had an interest. You have the same interest in making sure your kids get a quality education. Right? That's okay. correct. Okay. So the opinion was the blatant dishonesty of the Douglas County School Board with thousands of children watching. They lied under oath about their violation of Colorado's open meeting laws. So this was written on March 29th. And in it, he said, there's a picture, by the way, of Mr. Marshall. The public officials inevitably serve as role models when in the public eye, the whole world is watching. That includes children. Today's youth can learn to respect adults with authority and follow their example, or they can become dis disenchanted uh, due to dishonesty and corruption. So it is incredibly disappointing how blatantly dishonest the Douglas County School District Board of Education has been, both in public statements and under oath in court. Such uh, prevarication, uh, uh, I don't know why I can't see. Prevarication, I think, is what you're looking for. Prevarication. I, what, what is wrong with me? What, what is ambulance? Ambulance. I can't say that word either. <laughs> uh, delivered with an arrogant demeanor and lack of contri contrition sends a cynical message to the district's 63,000 students. He, he goes on to even say, I filed a lawsuit on Colorado's open meeting law to challenge the school board's direction, directors who illegally decided among themselves that they would terminate the contract of the 26-year uh, Douglas County school 
um, veteran, DSSD veteran, Superintendent Corey Weiss, the, the court issued a preliminary injunction forbidding them from engaging in their illegal conduct, finding that their behavior was a violation of the purpose of the statute, not just its spirit. Um, the court recognized all I requested was that the board do what the statute requires. So the, tell us a little bit about what the, how this case started. So he started written, writing this. When did, when did the, it turn into a criminal complaint? Well, he submitted a complaint to the DA's office uh, in, my understanding, is June of, okay. of this year, uh, which the DA's office, is my understanding, I wasn't involved at that time, but the DA's office took in that complaint, realized that it was something that, that uh, they should, in the normal course, refer to the Sheriff's Department for a follow-up investigation, and, and shortly thereafter is when uh, I got involved uh, once my client found out that they that she was being investigated for alleged perjury. So, and this is a criminal complaint for perjury. It's a criminal, it's a felony offense in the state of Colorado. So, so and let me, this is the letter on in June 27, 2022 from Robert Marshall to the Douglas County Sheriff's Office. Um, let's walk through this before this. So this came out, this is when they, uh, he went and filed a complaint with the uh, 18th district, right? And said that they lied under under oath for perjury, and they started an investigation into this case. That's right, which could have resulted in being Fe- s- felony level charges and going to jail. Uh, prison is a is a potential penalty for perjury, but I mean, in reality, the likelihood of that is is very very small. But a, a felony offense, even being charged against you, let alone if there's a conviction, can be devastating. Okay, so. And devastating because you can lose your right to own a firearm. You can lose your right to own a firearm. You can lose your right to to ha- well. You can lose your job. Obviously, uh, I think that's you know I don't want to speculate about his motives, but but clearly I think there's a a question about whether they would be allowed to remain as school board members, uh, things of that nature. Uh, you know the consequences in today's digital age for someone even being charged with a felony level offense um, are, are far reaching. And this caused, and, and, I'm, and, I'm, and there's a reason why I'm saying this, because of the research that I did, this also caused, and there's things I didn't want to talk to you about because I wanted to surprise you with it, but this caused people in the public, in these small groups of, I'll call them radicals, to write some pretty slanderous and salacious things about Christy and um, the other defendant. Uh, Mike Peters. Mike Peters, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he made no secret about the fact that he was making these allegations. Uh, he wrote that opinion piece that you were talking about. He showed up at school board meetings repeating these allegations. Right. Um, he made no secret about it, and, and it, it, it was very clear that it was an all, at, all in an, an attempt to besmirch their character and undermine the work that they were doing. So, But it caused other people to slander both of these people. 100%. Uh, people with the same agenda, I, I would say, that Mr. Marshall has. Well, and I and I will tell you, I started an organization called FEC United. I think you know that. Um, and uh, I was ac- <laughs> I was accused of the reason why the school board was elected was because of me. And I went, wait, what? Yeah, Joe Oltman. He's the one that put all of these people in that position at Douglas County. It, it, it's the it's the William Wallace, seven foot tall chop people down with it, chop a tree down just by looking at it. It was pretty crazy stuff. 
Well, I wouldn't know anything about that. I didn't even know, as I said, Miss Williams before any of this yeah. happened. So I, I wasn't involved with the school board before this. I, I wasn't uh, affiliated with anything that got them elected uh, or anything until this complaint happened. And so here we are. He writes, th this is the letter from Robert Marshall to the... And, and guys, the reason why I'm going through this is because I want to show you how lawfare works. It's gonna, it works the same way in your state. And they're not just going for civil penalties. And, you know, we, we do know that U.S. EIP has been sued by the NAACP. And they're suing the uh, U.S. EIP under the KKK Act and saying that, I mean, it's, 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 a, it's as bad of a lawsuit and as bad of, a, of lawfare as I think this is. But I want you to understand that this is happening every single day. And it has true consequences, that they use this lawfare in order to hurt people that are standing up volunteering for their children. But I want to read part of this. The subject is blatant perjury by Douglas County Board of Education Directors Michael Peterson and Christy Williams. I'm writing as a victim of the crime, but it is a, as, I am writing as a victim of a crime, but it is a crime with large public interest implications and a serious affront to the rule of law in the county and state. On Friday, February 25th, 2022, Michael Peterson and Christy Williams appeared in Division 5 of the Douglas County Courthouse to testify under oath in the matter of Marshall versus the Board of Education. I have attached a court reporter transcript of that hearing. I've also included a link to the audio recording. Peterson and Williams are not subpoenaed to come to that hearing. They voluntarily appeared to testify for the defense and knew what they would be testifying about before they administered the oath and taking the stand. During their testimony under oath, Peterson and Williams both testified repeatedly that the four majority board members, self-designated as a voting block known as Kids First, had not come to any decision to terminate the employment of Superintendent Corey Weiss until they were at, a, at the February 4th emergency special meeting that was called by them for the sole purpose to fire Weiss. They also testified repeatedly that they had not requested that Weiss submit his resignation during a January 28, 2022 meeting at a coffee shop on and excuse me, at a coffee shop on January 28, 2022 meeting. Both of these statements, among others, repeatedly made under oath in open court were false, knowingly false and material to the ultimate uh, issues in the case. As stated during the June 21st, 2022 public meeting of the Board of, of Education, everyone in the courtroom that day knew Williams and Peterson were lying under oath due to the testimony provided from directors Myers and Meek and the recorded phone conversation between directors Ray and Williams and directors Peterson and Meek. There was also a conjunction with Peterson's own public statements and contact, for example, calling an emergency special meeting of the Board of Education with minimum advanced notice possibly for the sole purpose of firing Superintendent Weiss, refusing along with the votes of the other majority Kids First directors to allow any public comment on Weiss's termination since the four already had communicated and decided their course of action and needed no public input. So this goes on to talk, I don't want to read all of it, but it goes on to talk about what happened in, the, in that hearing. And there were some things in this hearing, excerpts, if you put up C3. Uh, tired of feeling like someone's always watching on the internet, maybe advertisers know a little too much about you, IP Vanish is a solution for you. You can use IP Vanish on your, your computer, tablets, phones. You can use it on multiple devices at the same time without sacrificing speed. Um, they're for you, and, and here's the thing, it, it, it blocks advertisers, hackers, um, your ISP, 
third parties from getting access to information to you, uh, blocks people from getting access to your passwords. All the data is encrypted. And for our listeners, you can get 70% off their yearly plan for listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's like getting nine months for free. It's super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button. A disclaimer, if you are using things, True Social, you have to turn off the VPN. If you are using things like uh, vMix, uh, Chevy apps, or things like that. So there are some things that does need a dedicated IP, um, and it recognizes that. So just keep that in mind. So go to ipvanish.com slash daily, use promo code daily, and save your 70% off. That, that he pointed to. And one of which was on page 55. What, what are we looking at right here? Well, this is uh, part of the uh, direct examination by Mr. Zansberg, who was uh, Mr. Williams' attorney for this lawsuit, where he's asking Mr. Williams, my client, questions uh, during the course of that hearing. Okay. And they're asking the question of, good, good, af- good afternoon, Ms. Williams, and your phone conversation with Director Ray on the morning of January 28th, you stated that, quote, I've talked to the other directors or at least the newly directed, newly elected directors, and we've all been on the same page, and we just feel we need to, different leadership in the district. Do you do you remember uttering those words? And your client answered, I do. Right. Sorry, he's doing it, putting it up there. <laughs> um, did your client perjure themselves in this hearing? No. Um, I think that you have to look at and, and maybe what Mr. Williams failed to do is, is reading the entire transcript and, and the entirety of the testimony. There's no question, and Ms. Williams testified very honestly, that she had had discussions with her other uh, fellow directors about the job performance of Mr. Weiss, the direction of the district, th- the fact that they all agreed that there needed to be changes uh, and a new direction. But as is made clear in the transcript later on, and what Mr. Williams is trying to say is they made up their mind, and they they had decided to fire him um, in advance of any board meeting. They made up their mind. And if you read the transcript, and I'm not sure why he didn't do it, but if you read the transcript, Ms. Williams makes very clear that while she had her own opinions about the job performance of Mr. Wise and, and what needed to potentially happen with the district moving forward, including with his employment, Nothing could happen with regard to his employment until there was a a vote by the entirety of the board. Uh, And so while she had her own opinions and and knew maybe how she would vote when and if that came up for a vote, no decision had been made by the board until the board collectively got together in a meeting and voted on, on whether or not to retain Mr. Weiss. And that was made very clear by her by Mr. Williams' own attorney's questioning. And yet he continued to use this as a part of the case to show that, that there was perjury that was committed, but perjury wasn't committed. Well, it, it was the entirety of the case. That, that's exactly why when the detectives who were investigating this contacted me, well, they, they contacted my client and then I got back in touch with them about wanting to have her come in for an interview. My response was, well, I've read this transcript. There's no need for you to interview my client. Read the transcript. The allegations of perjury are based upon what was said during the course of this hearing, and the allegation is that she perjured herself. The transcript clearly, tongue-tied. The transcript clearly shows she did not, in fact, perjure herself in any way. And if you read the the transcript, you will see that that this allegation is unfounded, and there's no need to interview my client. But they wanted to interview the client. 
Well, I think what they wanted to do, uh, and I can't speak obviously for the sheriff's department, but having been a DA for many years myself and uh, a deputy district attorney for many years myself and, and knowing how these things go, I think they wanted to do as thorough of an investigation as they could so someone like Mr. Williams, who has done it since this happened, couldn't accuse them of trying to sweep something under the rug or, or being pro, uh, pro the conservative school board or anything like that. So they wanted to turn over every stone, and that included trying to interview or, or asking to interview Mr. Peterson and Ms. Williams. And Ms. Williams was your client, but Ms. Right. Williams was had to pay for an attorney, had to pay for you. Uh, yes, I, I not paid for by the school board or, or right. any, anyone else. And so she had to pay to defend herself in a criminal action as a volunteer to stand up for the kids in her environment. So lawfare. She did, absolutely. And this gentleman, Marshall, he's an attorney too, correct? He, well, he's an attorney. He's on inactive status in Colorado is my understanding. So okay. I don't believe he's practicing as an attorney, although he's involved in the filing of many lawsuits, but not representing himself. Well, it keeps you off the attorney regulatory uh, radar, I think, right? Well, I, I think if you're acting in the scope of an attorney, even if you're on inactive status, somebody could make a regulatory complaint against you. But um, I think his, his main focus right now is that he's running for, uh, as a Democrat for, for public office himself now. Oh, what's he running for now? I think a state Senate seat, if, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't follow his, his political career, but that's my understanding. Interesting. Interesting. So then, then, so then there was a letter to, and, to, to prove. So you had to go through this stuff. You, Christy had to pay you. So the reason why lawfare is so expensive or so, so dangerous is because it's expensive. It's burdensome. Sure. I and mean, this is not a – she didn't write you a check for $5, obviously. Uh, well, I can't. Uh, I can't get into the specifics of of my fees, but no, it was it was greater than five dollars. So there was a, there was a burden put upon her because of these false allegations, and then people in the community that represent this far, I'll say far left, they took those th this perjury deal and. I mean, some of the posts that were written, we're not going to put them up because we didn't have time to redact the names. But things like lock them up, throw them in jail. Right, kick them off the board. Sure, right? you, you mentioned it before. Character assassination by just you know people commenting on these kinds of things. But but the story was picked up when it happened and when Mr. Marshall made it public by news outlets, Nine News, things of that nature. Uh, and that's why when it was all said and done, uh, we put out a press release to say, hey, uh, just as we suspected, this entire thing has been unfounded after a thorough investigation. But it was crickets in the media in terms of anybody picking it did up. Did Nine News pick it up? They, to my knowledge, they did not. Seven News pick it up? To my knowledge, they did not. Fox Thirty One? To my knowledge, they did not. Hey, how about the Colorado Sun? Uh, to my knowledge, they did not. This is why it's important to have this conversation. They're they're weaponizing our society against us. This is not about taking care of the kids. This is about maintaining power and authority. Agreed. I, I would agree. So there was an email a couple weeks later, July 6, 2022, and this is from the investigator at the D.C., Douglas County Sheriff's Office. Correct? No, this is from you to this, them. That, that's... And then the... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. And this says, Dear Detective Cummings, I represent Christy Williams regarding your complaint filed with the district attorney for the 18th District Judicial District by Marshall, Robert C. Marshall. 
As you know, your complaint was subsequently referred to the Douglas County Sheriff's Department. I'm writing to advise you that I did not see that there would be any legitimate interest served by having Ms. Williams complete a formal interview regarding these allegations at this time. Based upon a review of the relevant transcripts, it is evident that Mr. Marshall's allegations of perjury are not supported by sufficient evidence to satisfy probable cause, yet alone the district attorney's burden of proof beyond a reasonable doubt at trial. Any interview Ms. Williams at this time would only serve as additional fodder for Mr. Marshall to attempt to twist and distort her statements into another tortured allegation of impropriety. Furthermore, an interview is unnecessary as her responses to the question during the hearing at issue show the clear distinction she was making between her own personal beliefs regarding the job performance of Mr. Weiss and the direction of the school district, her understanding of how other directors viewed his performance and any ultimate decision on his future, which she clearly indicated could not be made without a formal vote by the full board of directors. From the beginning, Ms. Williams has maintained she has consistently testified truthfully, has done nothing improper, and has acted consistent with her legal and ethical duties as an elected official. Indeed, Ms. Williams firmly believes, and this complaint and Mr. Marshall's legal action to date thus far support, that Mr. Marshall's complaint was, not, was a not-so-veiled attempt at, to intimidate, harass, and leverage the criminal justice system for political gain. Ms. Williams' actions as a director and her testimony have always centered on the board's focus on how to best serve the students of Douglas County school system. Mr. Marshall's attempt to undermine that work because he disagrees with the views of the majority of the duly elected board is rather shameful. So, so that was what you wrote. That's a, that's a pretty harsh statement. Well, I think it's a – I don't know that I'd characterize it as harsh. I think it's a pretty direct and accurate statement. Okay. I would say so, too, but it's, it, it basically points out that, hey, listen, they've weaponized the judiciary, the, the criminal justice system, not, not, on a, not a, hey, we're going to sue you, civilly, the criminal justice system that could have resulted in your client being incarcerated. Well, even if I don't think she would have ever been incarcerated, which, mm -hmm. which I don't think she would have been, more importantly – it is, is an attempt at character assassination, uh, and as I put in that letter, uh, an attempt to undermine the work that this board was doing. Um, it's, if you're not involved in criminal prosecution or criminal defense, and I say more probably criminal defense than prosecution, you don't see the ramifications of mere allegations uh, on people. Uh, the, the, the loss of employment, the loss of housing, the loss of of general reputation in the community it's devastating and when you when you ramp those allegations up to the felony level it's a whole new ball game this is this is character destroying type allegation this is certainly uh, a career when when i say career i guess that her career on the on the school board it's an attempt to to blow that up uh and it's just it's it's very aggravating um coming from what i do every day and seeing the effects of, of this kind of thing on people and, and the fact that it's being done because you don't di agree with somebody's political views is even more frustrating. It's, it's like the scorned lover who makes an allegation against their former lover to try to get them into trouble. Uh, those are some of the worst weaponizations of our criminal justice system that you have, and this is on par with that. Uh, and quite frankly, that it's coming from a, somebody who's a lawyer who had that transcript, who has some knowledge of law and and the elements of perjury to have submitted that complaint after reading that transcript when it's very clear that there is nothing in there that can satisfy the elements of perjury 
to still submit that to try to engage in that character assassination it it was very frustrating and i guess when you talk about my my letter being uh, I, I can't remember the word you I used i said harsh uh, but i said harsh because <laughs> i think it's accurate but but it's not very often that i hear lawyers speak such truth i mean usually it's 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 less Harsh. <laughs> and I like that it was harsh because I, I like harsh. I like truth that comes straight down the straight down the barrel. Yeah. It, it, these allegations are harsh, and I think that they were um, appropriately met with a harsh response. And, and, and again, I want to be really clear. I support it 100% because I have been – I'm in the middle of a lawsuit right now for defamation. I mean, as you probably know, um, I came out about the Dominion stuff, Eric Coomer. All of a sudden, I get attacked. Uh, you know, in, in, in transparency, you're my neighbor, right? So you get to see some of the stuff that you live in my neighborhood. You, you get to see some of the stuff that I've had to go through uh, up, up front and personal. So, y you know, it, it bothers me because this woman literally just wants to serve her community, serve her kids. And really all any parent wants, a majority of parents that are not, I guess, I don't even know, uh, misguided, is for their kids to get the amount of education that is necessary so that they can have good opportunities in the future when they get out of school. I think that's 100% accurate, and I think that when somebody is elected by the public for a volunteer position, uh, I think even more so than, a, than a, a politician who draws a salary from the public trough, I think someone who's, who's a, an elected volunteer basically deserves a lot more uh, respect than either Ms. Williams or Mr. Peterson got uh, with these weaponized allegations. So does Christy Williams, and, and I'm asking you this as capacity as an attorney, not that she has said that she would or that Peterson said he would either, has, has Christy said that, you know, that, you know, what are my options? Could she sue for slander? Could she sue for def defamation of character? Uh, can she do something to go after for malicious prosecution? Are we, are we grasping at straws? at what she's had to go through, or does she just want to put it behind her and start concentrating on the, the schools themselves? Well, I think you, you hit the nail on the head right there with the, the last part of your comment. I, I, there are remedies that she could pursue, uh, difficult remedies, I, I think. Uh, uh, it's a long, slow process to get justice for a situation like this. And quite frankly, true to her character uh, and, and the way she's approached not only running for the board in the first place, but, but everything since then, her focus is getting back to the business of, of the school district and, and not trying to right the wrongs against her, uh, although clearly she would have grounds to do so. But her focus is on the kids, and that's, you know, that's a testament to her character. We, there's, a, um, there's, there's also a, uh, you know, you put something in there, Apollo. I think I think we should actually read this. So this is when uh, Weiss was, so there was teachers, there was people on the left that protest Corey Weiss being fired. Right. And it turned into a big deal. And then the, the parent, not the parents, but the teachers and the administrators weaponized the students to do walkouts claiming that Corey Weiss was a, that he was a victim of a witch hunt. Yeah, you know, I, again, that, that stuff happened before I ever became involved. And, right. and, and I don't, I don't have a lot to say about that, but clearly there, there were elements who disagreed with the new conservative majority who, uh, as you said, asked the students to do certain things. They engaged their own sick out 
um, where all the teachers called in sick for a day in, in protest of the way things happened with uh, Corey Weiss. And, you know, I, I guess to a certain extent, I would say that I would much prefer to see that kind of uh, protest than the the manner with with which Mr. Marshall engaged in his protest, because his protest was to try to weaponize the criminal justice system to destroy two very good people. Whereas if, if the teachers don't go to school one day, yeah, that's negative on the kids, but, but it doesn't destroy somebody's reputation and career. Right. Well, we're going we're gonna to switch gears a little bit, and I told you you're going to have to sit here and go through this and actually talk to me about other things that you may not want to talk about. <laughs> and, and by the way, everyone in the comments is saying that you are nailing it. <laughs> for your first for your first podcast, you are nailing it. Um, so that's that's uh, I mean that's a testament to you. Um, so thank you, well, Tim. For having me. Um, so Tim in the comments is rallying behind you. He thinks you should have your own show now. I, I give up my show. I got to go. Get out of here. Um, I want to talk about some of the other things that are happening in our community, and and frankly. Some of this stuff I'm going to be asking you about, I'm going to be asking about, and I know you don't get much that deep into politics, right? You don't get that deep into things that are happening. You do have your opinion. I don't want to nail you down on any of that because, frankly, you represent people in the community all over the place. Um, but I'm going to ask you a couple questions because there's been some things that have happened, and there are some fundamental rights. You went to law school, and there's this thing that you, that you learned about. I think it's called a constitution. There was a, at least one class on. Just, 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 just one. Just one class. Well, the reason why I bring this up is because we've been, we've been facing a cancel culture that has just swept the country and a weaponization of media and technology companies. And, you know, down to Twitter actually banning President Trump. Now, like President Trump, don't like President Trump, he has a right to speak, to have a voice. And what we're finding out now is that after January 6th, they created a story, and now there's evidence that shows that the FBI and other groups were actively engaged in creating chaos on at the Capitol. Now, I'm not sure that it was probably a good idea to go to the Capitol to begin with, but with that said, we have a right to redress our grievances. But this new one, this, this, this thing that just happened, this man's name is Andrew Tate. Are you familiar with Andrew Tate? I am not. I wasn't either. How, how about that? I wasn't either. But I, I heard that he had a great show. He was banned, Mr. Producer, he was banned on every social platform. Is that true? All at the same time on the same day? It, it smells like Alex Jones. Yeah, he got just slapped down everywhere. So, so this is a picture of, of Andrew Tate. He's the most Googled man in the world now, right now, more popular than Biden and Trump. It's no surprise they banned him on social media when he was saying stuff like this. I want to play this for you. This is um, D, cut D. Let's go ahead and play this, please. I mean, I'll tell you now, you look at Ukraine. The, yeah. the, the situation in Ukraine was completely, I believe it's completely NATO's fault. They, they knew what they were doing. They kept yes. prodding Russia. They kept poking the bear. They kept poking the bear. They kept poking the bear. And now that Russia has finally retaliated, which it had no choice but to do, when it's, when it's own self-interest, right? He had to eventually do something. It has been going on a long time. He eventually retaliated. I'm very, very glad NATO hasn't stepped in. Of course, I don't want war, World War III, but we're just sending loads and loads of weapons to delay the inevitable, just to cause more casualties and more more pain for both sides, more headaches for Russia. You think the Americans give Ukraine could just roll over, mm. give up what they give up what Russia wants, and just end all of it, right? But because that's what's going to happen in the end. 
But no, we want to make sure that Russia loses as much money, time and money and men as possible. Who cares if a million Ukrainian civilians die? Let's keep sending Javelin missiles and let's control the media narrative. If you scroll through Twitter, the media narrative they're purporting is that if you make Molotov cocktails, you can take out Russian tanks. You're going to get annihilated. Like it's, it's, it's literally they're, they're, they're convincing people to commit suicide. It doesn't matter because that just puts up the civilian casualties, adds to the narrative they need to make Russia the bad guy. And the worst thing about all of this, we made all these sanctions, these unprecedented sanctions against Russia. And now we're suffering mass inflation and fuel crises. And the rubles are all time high. If, if people think Russia is the only country that's going to do this, then they're, they're sad mistaken. Because what America has shown is if you don't agree with everything we want geopolitically, that your sovereign debt is no longer safe. And there's a whole bunch of countries in the world, China being the next one, who are taking a long, hard look at that going, OK, well, if we're not safe to have dollar debt, then we're not going to do it. Yeah. And then America's in big trouble. I mean, empires never last long, right? I think we all know about the cycle of empires. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think if you look at the, yeah, you look at the cycle of empires, you look at how Rome fell. The American empire as it is, is pretty much near the end. He just said something really interesting. I'm going to point at the very end. It's somber because we've had so much blood spilled for this country. But he said the American empire is near its end. Do you believe that's true? Well, I certainly hope it's not true. Um, yeah, me too. You know, I'm, I'm troubled by some of the directions our country has taken, but uh, I certainly hope it's not true. You know, he, he talked about sending people out there and um, for Molotov cocktails right? Throwing them at tanks. There was actually a directive that was given um, that I thought was a little bit insane. And that is just go build Molotov cocktails. And when Russian tanks come through, throw, throw Molotov cocktails at, at Russian tanks. Well, it's worse than that because after the Roe v. Wade thing, they were also posting all this stuff. Facebook was allowing it. Twitter was allowing it. They were sharing all these memes about how to make Molotov cocktails. And then in the same post, posting the addresses of the supreme court justices that wasn't declared hate speech or calls to violence but you question any of the stuff that we talk about in this show or anything that the mainstream media doesn't want you to talk about and like that boom you're banned for you know calls to violent rhetoric and etc cetera, etc cetera. kevin what kind of country are we when we we ban any speech except for the one that we agree with well we're not we're not the country that I think our founding fathers intended. Um, there's no question about that. I, I think that when you're a country that's founded on the principle of, of no taxation without representation and, and uh, representative democracy, um, the fact that there's going to be dissenting views on uh, either side of any issue uh, is a fundamental principle of our, our country, our democracy, and, and the fact that a ruling party can deem any anybody's opinion now no matter how far-fetched they might believe it is one that shouldn't be disseminated um that's very troubling well i mean we're we're talking about the first amendment what follows the first amendment the second amendment and there i mean the attacks are happening on on both fronts and then you talk about the fourth amendment which you could argue is you know obviously can't house soldiers in people's homes yet we we see a little bit of them even eroding that by saying that you know, people that live in your home that don't pay rent, that you have to pay for them. You have to you have to allow them to stay there while you pay the rent on those people being in your home. And there's other, you know, instances where they want to do, um, you know, you can't kick anybody out. They pay you that you have to freeze their, their these are new things that are happening. But it, it feels as if they're, that we have the shell of a, of a constitution and that they're able to act with impunity at the government's behest. 
Oh, I mean, I think our country was founded on principles designed to protect the populace from the government. And anytime the government gets involved in eroding those protections that our Constitution uh, is all about, uh, it's concerning. Um, the government, uh, a big government was the main concern of our founding fathers uh, and an out of control government. Uh, and, and the Constitution was drafted to ensure that the citizens are protected from an out of control government. Well, and that, that leads me because you say it without taking a side, which I can't do. <laughs> you just talk about that just the, the you have an even keel. It reminds me of Dr. Weber when I talk about the COVID stuff and the fact that she's been able to save lives and walk in and she had, she had four different complaints against her medical license because she was out there saving people. We were actually going into hospitals and giving them ivermectin and, and treatments that were contrary to what the, the, the doctors in these ER places were wanting. And she was just walking. It's like, no, this is what we're going to do for the patient. <laughs> You're much more calm than I am, but it still scare. Does it still scare you? Does it still scare you? What slippery slope we're on right now as a nation? Well, I think anybody who's paying attention is is scared anytime there's censorship of ideas uh, and things like Twitter and and Facebook. I don't have a Facebook account, but things like Twitter and Facebook and you know even TikTok and things like that. That's you have that's, a TikTok account? I don't. <laughs> we need to get Kevin a TikTok account. Uh, but but that's that's today's marketplace. That's today's yeah. town square. And anytime you have the government involved in censoring ideas that are being discussed in the town square, uh, that's very troubling. Uh, no matter what those ideas are, uh, conservative, liberal, whatever, crazy, quite frankly, crazy ideas are protected as well. Well, and I, and I don't mind. I mean, I, I'm not a flat earther, but there's people that come out there and talk to me about flat earth, and I go, all right, God bless you. I, I'm good with it. There's other people that come to me and talk about that there's, you know, little leprechauns and that that's actually what the, that keeps us safe is little leprechauns. This happened like two weeks ago. Someone said, Joe, do you realize leprechauns are real? It's even in the Bible. And I was like, there's no leprechauns. <laughs> They, they're talking about leprechauns. They called them something else, but they said they were leprechauns. There's no leprechauns. I don't believe there's leprechauns. Well, I respect your right to agree or disagree with the leprechaun theories. So. Wait a minute. You do not agree with the leprechauns. We're going to have to have a talk no. after this. If you agree with that. I'm okay. not saying I agree. Okay. I, I said I respect your right to either agree or disagree. I'm not, I'm not saying I agree with it. When we talk about the, ju the judiciary, because as, as we walk through all of this, there's no, it doesn't feel like there's any recourse. The... The Constitution states that you have a freedom. You have a freedom to, to speak. Yet, under the under the request of the government, they ban and get rid of people off of social platforms all the time. And then they claim that this is because they are um, that they are private businesses. But the requests come from the government. Right. Right. So as you as you look at the judiciary, you obviously have represented clients that are for criminal cases. Several times. So just just a couple. <laughs> You've had some innocent clients that went to jail. I have had innocent clients who have gone to jail. How does that does that weigh on your conscience? That's the hardest part of my job. Um, just like the hardest part of my job as a prosecutor was ensuring that I was never responsible for somebody innocent suffering criminal consequences. But absolutely, that's what keeps attorneys who respect what their job is awake at night is the judiciary in a 
is there a problem in the judiciary that you see that maybe is systemic that leads you to a place where we might be heading down a path where there's a lack of accountability in the judiciary? Do you, do you see any of that on the criminal side that can be equated to what you're seeing happen with your client or different clients? Well, I think that gets into a, a big debate about the the process for appointing judges and, and things of that nature, whether, as in some states, they should be elected versus appointed as they are here. I mean, I will say that I think our judiciary here locally uh, as a whole is, is a very good and ethical judiciary. I, I've got little problems with uh, the judges I run into on a day-to-day -day basis. You mean like Douglas County, or are you talking across statewide. the state? I, I think statewide. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't get to the far corners of, of the state on a daily basis. I'm, I'm primarily metro, but I, I think that our judiciary as a whole is, is a pretty strong judiciary. I think that when you look on a larger scale, um, and, and you're talking about Federal Court of Appeals and, and ultimately Supreme Court uh, justices and things of that nature, there are certainly there's certainly room for people to be concerned about the manner in which and the, the qualifications that, that those who are appointing justices are looking at uh, to get them on the bench. Um, and, and I don't think that a Supreme Court justice in any way should be a political position, but unfortunately I think um, it has become that. And, and I'll be totally transparent about this. I think that has happened on both sides of the aisle. I think Republicans have, have tried to put in uh, their political ideologues, and I think the Democrats have tried to do the same. And that's where you get people now calling for what I will say is a crazy idea of packing the Supreme Court and everything. That That is, at its base, absolutely politically motivated and improper. Um, our, our justice system is founded on certain principles, and nowhere in there are political ideologies uh, supposed to be at the top of the list of a qualification for a judge or justice. Okay, so... Um, you opened it up, Mar a Largo. I said Mar a Largo. I don't remember. No, no. Nope, you just said that <laughs> it opens it up. So I opened it up. You, you <laughs> both sides of the aisle. But what, what, what do you? What's your take on Mar a Largo and the unprecedented attack on President Trump? Uh, oh boy. Yeah, that's a tough one. I. It's tough because you know, on its face, it's it's unprecedented. Um, you, you hear about um, the ties that the judge who signed off on the warrant have to a certain uh, political side. But I'm going to confess that, that I haven't done a deep dive into to all of that. Uh, clearly, the warrant itself hasn't been divulged to be able to look at the sufficiency of that one way or the other. So, you know, I'm not going to go so far out on a limb and say you know, that was totally uh, – unwarranted it was politically motivated any of those things there's certainly red flags uh i think anybody who's following the news will concede that there's red flags that need to be looked at and and quite frankly um there's concerns to be had but until the entire story comes out you know I, i'm going to reserve saying that that the thing was improper or that it was truly politically motivated or otherwise um you know i'll, I'll acknowledge the red flags there but that's about as far as i can go so the reason why I brought that up and, the, and what I want everybody to understand is that Kevin is, you know, he should be a judge, by the way. You should be a judge. That should be the next thing, judge. Because the impartiality of looking at things from a balanced perspective is not something you get very often with attorneys. And the reason why I bring this up is because you wrote that letter to the sheriff's office and you used harsh words. 
I think harsh words that that called out the embarrassment of weaponizing the judiciary against your client, Christy Williams. So you'll you'll see an injustice, call it what it is, but willing to give people the benefit of the doubt because, frankly, that's what the system is designed to do. Well, I would have used those same words if my client had been uh, a, a quote unquote liberal. Um, the, the weaponization of the criminal justice system, whether it comes from a Republican or a Democrat, a conservative or a liberal, is is shameful, as I put in that letter. And it's not called for, it's not warranted under any circumstances. And that's a direction our country is taking as a whole that is, is troubling to me as a lawyer, as a citizen, as a father. Uh, I don't think that uh, our country is headed down a road where people are, are able to separate their politics from what is right and what is appropriate. And uh, this is an example, and it just happens to be coming from uh, a liberal against a conservative. And I would be just as upset about it if it was coming from a conservative towards a liberal. There's a couple more things we're going to get into, but the, the fact that, Kevin, you're actually crushing this, this first time <laughs> on a podcast, because we don't, we don't get, you know, you, you said it was the Republicans and Democrats are both at fault. I believe it is. I believe it's a uniparty. I believe that it's a, it's a power structure of who gets to divide up the, the street. And I think a lot of this happens behind the curtain, and we don't get to see the truth behind how the, our mechanisms operate in our community. I want to I wanna quickly... Um, celebrate something and you may not celebrate it I'm going to celebrate it but I wanted to get my gazoo out and put on the poppers but Anthony Fauci is to step down in December I don't know why he's waiting uh, so Fauci will leave his position as director of the NIA National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases and chief medical advisor to Joe Biden at the end of the year notice what, what word I skipped over this couldn't happen to a better person, but I'm hoping it's because he actually goes to the Hagans and tried for uh, crimes against humanity. <laughs> I'm not going to ask you to comment on that, Kevin, because I'm not going to put you in a box, but I really want to, but I'm not going to. Um, and then in another uh, deal, I, I want to bring this up, is that uh, Daria, uh, th this is unbelievable. When we... When we disagree with someone, or we have a agreement, you know, we decide to send Javelin uh, missiles over to Ukraine to be used against Russia. We sent drones, we've sent all sorts of, of equipment, billions of dollars worth of assets, and on top of the 40 plus billion dollars we sent over there that is unaccounted for, there's no receipts for it. And we take a side in a war against two nations that in large part, I want to point this out, I think it is something we should point out, and that is Andrew Tate is not wrong. NATO pushed up against and pushed the buttons of Russia. They were on the borders. They were, they were creating and disrupting and creating and disrupting um, for many years. And Russia just finally had enough of it after seeing what happened in Ukraine. But this is, this is unconscionable. There's a car explosion that killed Daria um, Dugina, the daughter of Russian nationalist known as Putin's brain. Um, this happened just a few days ago. The daughter of an influential political theorist who is also referred to as, uh, as Putin's brain was killed in a car bomb on the outskirts of Moscow. Um, so we can put her picture up if we can. Uh, but she um, indicates the bomb was planted in the SUV and it was detonated remotely. So the... the I don't, there are certain things that, that I find to be reprehensible. And one of them is 
terrorism. Now, we don't know who's taking responsibility for it because no one's taking responsibility for it, but I find it very difficult to not believe that this is coming from outside of Russia and that these are the tactics that we would use. And I'm an American. I've seen a lot of things. I've worked a lot in the Middle East and in Africa. I spent six and a half years there. I've seen a lot of death. I've seen a lot of people that talk one way and do something completely different. And to uh, create political pawns and to, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to say it. It smells like the CIA. This episode of Conservative Daily is brought to you by DCF Guns. They're not just a supporter and a partner of the show. They're an organization that is on the front line of promoting safe and responsible gun ownership. Along with being a staunch defender of the Second Amendment, they have a lot of different things inside of their three ranges and stores. So they have a gunsmith at every location. They have the ability to do massive amounts of training, uh, anything from beginners all the way up to uh, competitive shooting. Um, they're also the best gun store in Colorado. Uh, between a mar massive arsenal of top-tier firearms, competitive pricing on ammunition, they're a go-to resource for newcomers and expert shooters alike. Memberships there start for as little as $25 a month and offer an arsenal of benefits beyond that, such as store-wide discounts and special access to training. Even better, what you're seeing right now is DCF Guns also has an e-commerce option, meaning you can take advantage of the awesome prices without leaving your home. Just visit dcfguns.co and start browsing. I do want to tell you that as a listener of conservative-daily.com, you get an additional 5% off everything in the store. You have to use discount code Joe. That's J-O-E. That's discount code Joe. Go to dcfguns.co and use discount code Joe. J-O-E. That's me. Or it's coffee, cup of Joe. Um, but you can go there and save an additional 5% off every single thing on the site. Um, as always, we'll keep the range hot and the deals hotter only at DCF Guns in Castle Rock and Colorado Springs and now online, available to everyone across the entire country. Mr. Producer, what do you think? I mean, if, you, <laughs> if you're talking about the same CIA who installed the government over there and has been funneling all of our you know, tax dollars and all this money granted over there, now very likely funneling weapons through uh, you know, $40 billion, et cetera, and probably trafficking to other countries. Yeah, it could very well be that CIA. Um, do we want to play the video of Zelensky doing the little dance? No, let's not do it. No, let's for Kevin's sake, let's not do that. Yes, yeah, no, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, we're we're out of time. This. You know, I want to take a break from talking about the election fraud. I want to take a break from talking about all the bad things that are happening and talk about what's happening at a local level. Like, this is happening in our states. What, what Kevin is defending and what he defend, defended in this case was an unfounded lie that affected his client, Christy Williams, and Peterson as well. So they both, were, they both had to get lawyers and defend themselves separately. Correct. And this was all lawfare by a group of people that were willing to lie, cheat, and steal, do whatever they can in order to create harm on people that only are trying to stand up for the people in their community, the kids in their community. Not do harm to them, but stand up for them. Right. So I'll give you the last word. And then, by the way, Kevin, we pray for everyone here on the show. I end every show with a prayer. So I'm going to be praying for you. Um, and, Appreciate uh, that. And, uh, yeah, and then we'll end. But I'll give you the last word. The thing I would say is that 
this, as you call it, lawfare, I call it the weaponization of, of the, the justice system. The fact that it happened in, in Douglas County is not surprising because it's happening all over the place. It's happening in Woodland Park. It's happening in in Aurora with regard to the former chief of police and, and her partner making false allegations against a, a commissioner that that uh, was critical of, of Vanessa Wilson's job as a, as a chief of police. And it's happening everywhere else uh, outside of Colorado uh, nationally and, and as the car bombing story that's the only thing I'll say about that you know that that's another example of, of all is fair in love and war so to speak and and the political ideologies and ideologues believe or some of them anyway believe we're in a war and there's nothing that's off limits and unfortunately that's where you get stuff like my client went through uh like the school board members in in woodland park like like the commissioner in aurora and, and like nationwide we see and i think people need to stand up against this kind of activity the media needs to stand up against this kind of activity and they're not unfortunately they're under reporting uh if reporting at all uh, and it's a shame uh, that it ever happens. And I'm going to continue to stand up against it anytime I'm called to do so. Well, I think you should run for office, but that's just my that's my deal. Because the 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 fact that you handle things with such grace and such commitment, but also with such clarity and character, is things that we need. And we need people that can settle it down, but but operate with integrity. And I think that we have less lawyers, more lawyers in politics than I'd like. But we have less lawyers of integrity that run for office because they really don't want it. They don't want the circus. They don't want the drama. So now I'm calling on you to, to maybe examine that, pray for that, see if that's something you should do. Because I think you should. But that's just my opinion. Well, I appreciate the thoughts, and we'll give it consideration. Sure <laughs> I'll, I'll give it consideration. I'm considering it right now. <laughs> All right, let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pray for you, Kevin. And then uh, I do want. I do appreciate you being on the show. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Father God, thank you for the opportunity to 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 be able to, to voice this case and, and what's happening across the country to the people that are listening. Father, please um, please help us to understand both sides. Please help us to have grace for other people. I'm not one that has that grace. You obviously know that, but. I would just ask you to give us more of an opportunity to see both sides as, as Kevin has articulated today. Father, we're thankful for Kevin's character. We're thankful for his courage. We're thankful for his commitment to stand in an impartial place, but to represent fiercely his clients, other Americans. Father, thank you for the work that he did on this particular case in order to seek justice. And Father, thank you for allowing others to open their eyes so that justice could be served. Father, I ask you to put a special blessing on Kevin that he'll run for office. <laughs> um, I say that, but I also, I, I really do want a special blessing on him is to, to guard his mind, guard his heart, guard his health. Allow him to operate in courage and allow him to represent people with integrity. And Father, I would just ask you to let the system work the way it's supposed to work. And maybe maybe those people that would do harm inside the judiciary or allow the weaponization to happen, I would just ask you to stop that from happening. Father, please bless his work. Bless his law firm. 
and help to have truth seen in every place where lawfare or the weaponization of the judiciary might be instituted. Father, I ask a blessing on the people that are listening. Please bless them with health. Guard their hearts. There's a time that we did, we 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 definitely get to that place where we want to be, you know, we want to we want to have anger, and I would just ask you to replace that with peace, and allow people to have enjoyment, Father. I ask all of these things, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So. I had to throw it in there. I think God has a sense of humor, but that wasn't being funny. I was actually saying you should run for office. Um, well, guys, that's it for this episode of Conservative Daily Podcast. Um, we have an outro that's happening. There's going to be a couple special announcements. We have Dr. Peter McCullough that will be here on uh, September 6th. We also have uh, Kevin Jenkins and Vandersteel. Uh, CanCon is on Wednesday, so Brian will be on uh, Wednesday morning. And I got to make sure that she's still good, but we'll, I believe we're, we'll have April Moss in the morning. April I just got to make sure that she's yeah. recovered from you know the weekend. Yeah, for the weekend, which is the summit, we will talk a lot more about that over the next couple of days. We've got some great information. We're also going to have Tori on here, uh, guys. Listen, we're we're gonna we're gonna blow it open. There's some information that we've been able to collect. We're trying to validate that information right now, but we're also going to do some specials on the radical left and people inside the government that are calling for coups that are meeting publicly as federal employees. They're coming together. Some of this information came out nine months ago, and it was buried very quickly. So we're going to start talking about that. We're going to bring some whistleblowers on. We're going to hide some of their identities um, because we have to. And uh, we're negotiating right now to see how that those bombshells we can drop. But at the end of the day, I want to talk about this election fraud specifically, and I want to tell you this. We know that there's fraud in the elections. We saw over the weekend uh, all 50 states reporting the same information. We have mounts of evidence, and no matter what they say about it, now we have to try and figure out how to work the problem without violence. We have to work the problem to put pressure on the places where we need to apply pressure so that we can have free and fair elections. And unfortunately, that's going to result in getting rid of the machines, getting rid of mail-in ballots, going to a national holiday on voting day, and maybe putting some things in place that allow for us to have integrity back in our voice. So God bless you all. See you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. If you want to watch Conservative Daily Podcast, we go live Monday through Friday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time and 4 p.m. Mountain Time. You can find us live at conservative-daily.com, on Rumble, on Frank's Beach, where we go live on Lindell TV 2 at those same times, on DLive, and now on Odyssey. You can also find our episodes at brighteon.com. Make sure you also check out the link in the description to go to the Brighteon store and prepare you and your family with the awesome storable food and other products that they have there. You can find us on the audio edition at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Podbean, Audible, and everywhere else. Make sure you go and give us a five-star review and be that ambassador of truth. Share this episode with everyone who needs to hear it. Text the word FREEDOM to 89517 and we'll shoot you a text message when we're about to go live. Check out the description for our link to the daily newsletter so you get access to the fax blasts. We want to thank you for being a listener of Conservative Daily Podcast as we pursue truth and fight to restore our nation. We will continue to provide you with the most important information that the mainstream media will not show you. Now at conservative-daily.com, 
you have the option to become a member with us. Each membership option varies in access and discounts in regards to the ability to interact with the daily fax blasts, monthly savings, access to extra content, and interactions with the hosts and guests of the show. Go to conservative-daily.com and become a member right now for as little as $10 a month. Make sure you check out social media and find us everywhere at Conservative Daily and at Joel Oltman. We'll see you next time on Conservative Daily Podcast. It's time to do the hard work. Let's take our country back, patriots. God bless America.